The Dental Download Podcast is your source for insight into dental school, conversations with dentists, specialists, and leaders in the industry. With new episodes every Monday morning, I'm your host, Haley Schultz. Let's get into this week's episode. Hello, everyone. We have another guest here today, and I'm going to let Dr. Bree introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Dr. Bree Torgerson, um, but I go by Dr. Bree. Um, and yeah, I'm so happy to be on the podcast. Thank you for asking me. Yeah, I was connected with you on Instagram, and I thought you'd be a fun guest to have. Can you give <laughs> people some Thank background you. on like where you went to dental school, where you're practicing now, anything else fun about yourself? Yeah. Um, okay. So I went to dental school at the university of Southern California, um, in LA. Um, my, I've been out for a few years. So I first started working, um, I graduated 2020. Um, and I actually had a temporary license and then eventually a permanent license in Arizona they were offering the temporary licensure at the time. Um, and I had just recently moved to Florida where my parents live. Um, so I've been here since, um, I've been working since November here. So yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. Huh. So did you move from Florida to California back to Florida or did you do undergrad out of state as well? So I call myself an American mutt because I feel like (laughs) I've lived everywhere. I I was born and raised in Minnesota. When I was 13, we moved to St. Louis, Missouri. Um, I went to high school in Massachusetts, um, went back to Minnesota for undergrad. Um, I feel like I didn't have like a typical, so I'm no one in my family is a dentist. Um, so I, (laughs) I wanted to be a dentist originally because I thought my orthodontist was really cute when I was like 13. So I was like, Ooh, maybe I'll shadow him. Um, and then he let me like, look at the before and after photos of like people who got braces. And I just could feel this, like you could feel how like genuinely happy they were through like, even just like the photos on a computer. Um, and I just immediately was like, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to, whatever this is, like I'm in, I'm into it. (laughs) So I want to do this. So when I was 13, I decided I want to be a dentist. So I didn't know anything of like what that entailed. Like we didn't know anyone who was a dentist. So we don't, we didn't know anything. Like my parents didn't know anything. Um, so when I graduated, I, 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 you know, there wasn't really like a pre-dental at my school. So no one was telling me to like take the dat. Um, no, I, I had no idea like that there was like the like DAT books that you could study from. Um, so I took a few years off to kind of like get my footing. And during that time, I Googled, I was so sick of living in like gray, right? Like Minnesota, Massachusetts, Missouri. So I just Googled the sunniest place in the world and it was Phoenix, Arizona. So I was like, all right, that's where I'm going. So I picked up, moved, didn't have a job. I knew like one person who needed a roommate. Um, and my like second day out there, I got a job working at the front office of a uh, dental, dental practice. So 
Um, and it's like, well, the rest is kind of history. I, you know, end up taking the DOT three times. I typically applied to dental school three times, but um, USC called me 10 days before school started um, and said, hey, like, do you want to, do you want to come here? <laughs> and I was like, yes, obviously. So I had 10 days to move from like Scottsdale, Arizona to LA, uh, which was crazy, but um, obviously very worth it. So, um, and then while I was in school, my parents moved to Florida. So that's kind of how I ended up like in Arizona and Florida after school. Yeah. Short story long. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what happened. Yeah. Quite the timeline there. And I appreciate people that can share experiences of not just like undergrad right to dental school. Cause that's really not as common <laughs> as people make it seem like it is or like yeah. it has to be that way. Cause it definitely doesn't. No, it definitely doesn't. And some of my like greatest friends that I met through dental, like in dental school, um, they had like other careers first and then they, you know, went into dental school. So um, and it took them a long time, you know, like a lot of people in my class had to take like master's programs and again, which like something I never even knew, you know, <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, how, if that was the case, I would have been so lost. But, um, you know, I, I think like non-traditional students is almost becoming like more traditional. Um, I think it's pretty rare nowadays to like have people like coming straight out of undergrad, not impossible, obviously, you know, but it's just becoming so competitive which is great for the you know for the career but yeah don't definitely don't be discouraged definitely don't be discouraged at all are there any like lessons that come to mind from those gap years and applying a few times that you would share with anyone in your position yeah so I actually I was an ambassador at USC so I feel like I got a lot of questions like this um and obviously like words of wisdom is like, you know, like don't give up. Like if you don't get in the first year or, you know, whatever I, I called places and I said, what would you like to see have like improved on my application? Like, what are some things that you thought were like the weakest part of my application? Um, and I mean, some, some places were very vague, um, but some were very honest. Um, some, some places were honest and saying like, we just don't think that you'll ever get in. Um, which I just think is crazy to say to someone, but like, that's the reality. People say things like that to you. Um, and some, and you know, some people were like, uh, you know, like you need to get your scores up. Like you need to do something like this. So, um, I think calling places and asking, but I also think at the time I really hated working in the front office of a dental practice because I wanted to be back so bad, but I was a treatment coordinator and an insurance benefits coordinator, And I think learning how to like present a treatment plan to patients and like learning how to talk about money, like to people, like help me in dental school. I didn't have a single cancellation or no show until my fourth year of dental school, um, which is like crazy. Everyone thought it was like nuts, but I can truly say, I think it was like the two years of like working at a front office that helped. I mean, I felt like it just was like second nature. So getting a job at an office. and honestly, like working in front, like you don't have to be a dental assistant. You don't have to, you know, do anything in back. I'm so grateful for my experience working up front now. Um, so that would be, that would be my advice. And then just don't, 
don't get too hard on yourself. Life is, life is hard and people are already going to be hard on you. You don't need to be a part of that group. Um, so just keep your head up. Very good advice. And I've heard from a lot of people in their gap years that they might've done something not even dental related at all. And it still helped them like yeah. in their profession. Like they were worked in an ice cream shop or something. And like yes. that communication yeah. skills just made them a better people person. And yes, dentistry. I was say like customer service, mm-hmm. like any, anywhere with customer service where you're going to like have to deal with things that are like kind of tough or whatever. I mean, ice cream shop is good too, because people are happy. <laughs> How could you be sad? Get an ice cream, but yeah. Um, yeah. Anywhere with customer service, I think is great. So yeah, there's a lot of like dentistry it's clinical, but it's such a people's field as well. Like you are really yeah. interacting with the patients constantly. Yeah. Which is honestly something that I was surprised about when I was, had just graduated. I mean, I did pretty well in school. Um, I, I worked very hard, <laughs> you know, to do well. I was, it wasn't easy, but I thought, man, I have this in the bag. I thought it was, you know, I hadn't like my clinical skills. Were, I, I thought they were so great. I mean, so funny, right. I've been humbled so many times, but um, man, the one thing I wish I would have learned how to do, which I don't even know how I would have learned how to do this in dental school. So it's going to, it's a huge reality check for people is like working with people outside of school. I know like at USC, like we didn't have dental assistants, like we didn't have dental assistants helping us. So I'll, I worked by myself, right? Like I was the front office. I was the back office. I was the dentist. I was everything I played, you know? And so getting out of school and now like going from someone who is so type a and having everything planned and organized the way I like it. And the way that worked out for me to like being an associate where I have to kind of sit back and like delegate these things to other people or like let other people do their job was so hard that it was the hardest thing and still is sometimes um, to like let people who are hired to do something, do their job. (laughs) Um, So that's, yeah, that's definitely one thing I wish, you know, we would have been exposed to more Mm -hmm. um, in school. Yeah. And that's a personal skill, like being able to delegate, but it also kind of circles back to people skills and communication and like Mm -hmm. teamwork, all those, all those intangible skills that you need to develop before and while you start working. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And it's like, I feel like, I don't know if it's like this in other schools, but you're almost like take pride in being able to do everything yourself (laughs) that like, when you get out, it's such a 180 that you're like, Oh, like, right. I need to, I need to scale it back a little bit. And, um, you know, so it takes, there's a growing pains for sure. But again, like, don't be too hard on yourself. Like you, again, spent four years learning how to like, be like anal retentive about everything. Um, that now you get to just be like, you know, retentive about the dentistry part of it. <laughs> um, so it's an adjustment, but definitely not impossible. And while we're still talking about looking back at dental school for you, is there anything that sticks out that like you wish you did while you were in dental school or anything you're really glad you did? Um, I was, 
actually really happy with kind of like how my dental school went, like my dental school experience went. I feel like I was involved in just enough things. Um, like I was involved as I want, as involved as I wanted to be. Um, you know, I did our like USC has like a mobile dental clinic, um, almost like selective that I was chosen to be a part of, which was such a blessing. You know, we got to go and help um, like the underserved communities throughout Southern California, which was great. Um, I did international work with the school. And then I also, um, I personally, again, like I wasn't chosen for everything, you know, I wasn't chosen to go be a part of like our dental humanitarian outreach program. Um, but I kind of was like, well, this is what I want to do. So I actually reached out to like a separate, just like international, um, volunteer program. And I went to Peru by myself to do some dental care, which was awesome. I mean, again, I just like people can't get too bogged down about like, Oh, I didn't get chosen for this. It's like, okay, but it doesn't mean it's impossible. But, um, I mean, I got to place implants, you know, I got to do, you know, an overdenture. And so I felt like I was able to do a lot of things in, in dental school, as far as like clinical, um, clinical things, but, um, I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's not much I would change. I, I don't think, I mean, I would change how, how I graduated because <laughs> I didn't, I didn't get to graduate. Yeah. But, um, that's pretty much it. Well, yeah, that's good. I was really and, blessed. Yeah. And I think it seems like people that don't jump right into dental school from undergrad tend to just have those more balanced and like, like excellent experiences like you did because you have more perspective on what's important to you and more vision for what you want for your career. So I'm sure that those years helped you then make the most in dental school when you got there. Yeah. And I felt like knowing what, how like a real dental office is actually ran like real work and like real life and dental school, you would think would be very similar, but they're not, I mean, they're just not. Um, So I think knowing like how a practice was kind of like ran and like how to do things again, both front and back um, was just very beneficial. Um, So, yeah, I was, I was very happy with how my experience was as far as like the clinical part of school. Um, And do you, do you think a lot of that is you making the most of opportunities, finding opportunities, or was a lot of that just, how, um, USC's program is run? You know, I can't, I can't say, cause I just, I don't know how other schools are ran, but I think it's a little bit of both. And I think this is just like life in general, right? It's like you have, I mean, the reality is, is like, we live in America. We have so many opportunities for anything. I mean, like really, we are all so like very lucky to be here. Um, and I think that, I don't know. I just, I took every opportunity that I guess I wanted to, right? Like, or or at least I got to go after it, right? And it's like, if something didn't necessarily go my way, I mean, you just find other ways to do it, right? It's, um, you have to like adjust and adapt. So um, I think part of it was USC offered a lot of, you know, like a plethora of different like selectives and um, groups and programs. Um, But I think a lot of it was also, is like, I... I think because it took me so long and it took me so much to get into school that once I was in, I'm like, I'm not going to waste this experience. 
Um, and I really just kind of like went after it. So that's great. I, yeah. Some of the things you mentioned, I was just thinking, I was like, man, we have no opportunities to actually place implants during dental school. So I thought that was cool. Is that common at USC or did you have to go through like a special program for it? No. So it's actually part of USC's requirements to place two implants and restore them. Yeah. So um, it was great. And then my, my clinical director, like my faculty director, she was the head of our grad uh, prosthodontics program. So she let me do like a supervised overdenture type of case as well, you know, starting from someone who had a, um, had a denture already, but needed to get like, you know, osteotomy. So I got to like oversee the, uh, like oral surgery part of that, which is so great. Um, and then do like the implant part of it. She ended up getting, having like some soft tissue issues. So being able to like see her through the perio part of it. Um, I mean, which was great, right? It's almost, I don't like when things go wrong. I like predictability, (laughs) but it was good in dental school. Like if something didn't necessarily go great, then you were there and you could ask questions. I'm like, okay, like, what do I do? Cause when you're in the real world, that's like, you're expected to know that it's like, I, then now people are asking me, well, what do we do? I'm like, oh my gosh. Sometimes like, I don't, I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Let's, let's learn together. But, um, so I was happy for almost like mistakes in dental school. Cause then it's yes. like, you learn how to correct them as well. But yeah. Yeah. I totally feel the same as you. Like if there's a time and place to have something crazy happen or for things to not be working, it's in dental school while you have that supervision and guidance available. Like it's almost better when things don't go well, because then you're a little bit more prepared for when you graduate to problem solve. Yes. agree. Well, definitely. It sucks in the moment. (laughs) Yeah. But when you get out, you'll be, when you'll, when you get out and you can troubleshoot because you're like, I've done this before. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So to transition the conversation a little bit closer to where Mm -hmm. you are now, can you talk about when you graduated? Obviously, you mentioned it was 2020, so it was a little unique circumstances, but can you talk about your job search process? And you mentioned like the temporary license, Arizona, now to Florida, like what was the process like for your associate roles from then to now? So, um, obviously 2020 happened. I was living in LA, um, March. Uh, I actually, there was, yeah, I lived in Florida during the, like, you know, like the first initial pandemic few months. So, um, but in May I moved to Arizona and I actually worked as a dentist at the practice that I was front office with before school. Um, so I was able to kind of like work with my mentor and, um, you know, I was, we did everything there, you know, like implants, root canals, you know, dentures, crowns, like Sarah crowns, everything. So it was, that was such an awesome experience. Um, but ultimately I kind of decided that, um, because of the role that I was in previously, I didn't feel like I was necessarily getting the respect that I deserved uh, as a dentist. Um, so in order to kind of separate myself from that, I, I left the practice and I worked at another office kind of temporarily. 
And then I just decided that I wanted to be closer to my parents. Um, you know, I, I, the reason why I wanted to move to Arizona was to kind of work with my mentor. Um, so when that didn't really work out, I started to make steps towards, you know, coming to Florida, moving to Florida. Um, so yeah, then, I mean, for the temporary licensure for Arizona, it was basically everything except for clinical boards. I, I took ADEX. So it was everything except for like the ADEX exam. And once that was offered at USC, like in July, I think it was, um, then I was able to, sim- you know, like submit my scores and let them know. Um, but I actually failed my boards, my clinical boards the first time, which was like super devastating. Um, but I was able to take it again and pass. So that was all good. Um, but luckily I had my temporary license and I was able to work. So again, just really blessed to be able to do that because a lot of my classmates didn't live in States that offered that. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was only Colorado and Arizona at the time. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I know the, the boards with the type of not like mannequin boards, everyone has different Ugh. opinions about it, but I know that it's still really common for people to not pass, even though it's like supposed to be more standardized, but I think it's still challenging in its own way. Yes. Yes. Um, and I was shocked. I was, yeah, I was, I mean, I was, I I was like, well, that would be a lie if I said I was not shocked (laughs) because obviously like clinical things is like what I had like prided myself on. So I was like, okay, like I got, again, like I got it. Um, so to not pass, Again, like very humbling experiences have happened. <laughs> um, but I try not to like take it personally. I was just like, okay, like it's, I didn't fail for like a crazy reason. You know, I, I, I failed for being too conservative. So I was like, if that's the reason why I failed, like, I guess I'm okay with that. I'll retake it and do more. But um, yeah, I, I, we were the first people to ever work on like the type of dance for like the class uh, two and class threes. Um, cause they weren't supposed to be released until 2021. Like, you know, like for people who were graduating this year or 2020 last year. Uh, so that was interesting to be kind of like guinea pigs for that. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was, I, I mean, I like it better. And actually today, just today, um, Florida came out and said that they are no longer except or like no longer requiring me requiring live patient boards. So anyone who wants to get a license in Florida, you know, you don't have to take it on live people, which, you know, just hearing people's, I just don't think it that's like right in general, but hearing people's experience of like being like exploited by patients and like Mm -hmm. demanding thousands of dollars. It's just, as like crazy. I mean, dentists are the only people that have to like, prove everything on a real patient before they can get licensed, which is crazy. Yeah. It's definitely an ethical question for sure. So I think it's moving in a good direction with the mannequin boards and hopefully they can continue to improve it so that it's more clear the expectations for the students. I think that's the problem. A lot of the times is like students aren't totally clear on what they are wanting them to do with whatever type of prep or restoration they need to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
exactly. It's just going to get better, which is exciting. For actually like finding the offices you were going to work at, getting the job offer, did you look on like Indeed, LinkedIn, like your state dental association, word of mouth, like what did you do to try to find the positions? So my first job was obviously like I had already worked there. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really have to do anything special for that one. Um, for the job I got afterwards in Arizona, I actually, there's a dental staffing website in Arizona called Princess. Um, so I had used that. And that is good for like, if you want to like temporary, um, if you want to just like pick up a couple shifts, if you want to um, find a job, you know, like full-time position, permanent positions. So if anyone is moving to like the Phoenix area, I would highly recommend like the Princess Dental Staffing website. That was something that was really great. And you can, a lot of them are also like temporary to permanent. So you can try out offices, see how they're ran, and then see if you want to work there full time, which is incredible. I feel like moving to Florida, they didn't, I expected that because that was my only experience, right? Was like, you know, oh, I can just work temporarily places and see how I like them. And it was very much a shock when that was just not the case in Florida. Um, so Florida was a little bit more difficult to find a job. I actually moved here in August and um, I didn't really settle on something until November. Um, and I, I had used Indeed, I think, for that. Um, so. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So if you don't find a job like right away, mm-hmm. you know, don't get discouraged. I feel like you need to be really picky about where you work and where you invest like your time and your energy in. That was my goal after I had kind of worked at those other places in Arizona was like, I really want to be picky because you spend a lot of time and you need like a good, like, I feel like everyone needs a good mentor, like someone that they can kind of like rely on to ask not only dental questions, but I mean, just like moving throughout life uh, questions as well. So, Mm -hmm. and I know the contracts, like if you're not careful, you can get locked into a long-term pretty rough contract too so you really want to like where you're working yeah my second the second job I was at um I guess I didn't read it that well I mean I thought I had read it pretty well but they like withheld five thousand dollars for nine months so I actually still haven't gotten that five thousand dollars oh my gosh from them um I was supposed to get it in March so I have to I mean I'm like now I'm like going through that which is crazy Mm -hmm. but Oh my gosh. Yeah. Never. I would say like, if you're ever reviewing a contract, like have someone who is a dentist review it. (laughs) If people want to send me their contracts, I I will be happy to tell you what is normal, but it's absolutely not normal. Having been through three of them now. (laughs) So So at your current office for people interested, can you kind of walk through like a typical work day, like, and what procedures you're doing, everything like that. So where I work in Fort Lauderdale, we have a lot of people that kind of like work on yachts um, and who are here, like from like South Africa, Australia, like the UK. So I see a lot of new patients. I would say it's like 50, 50. I'd say it's like 50% people who are here who are like, you know, <laughs> they're, they're just in the port. And then like their tooth broke and they need to come and like get work done quick. 
Um, so I do a lot of like Seracs, you know, we do a lot of, um, like emergency work. Um, but I'm lucky that my office does like, lets me do root canals. Like I said, Sarah crowns, um, there's like a national shortage on dental hygienists. So I, I do a lot of like cleanings and, uh, which I don't mind doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd say right now while I'm kind of building up my patient base, it's a lot of like new patient exams, um, emergency work, crowns, fillings. Um, it's kind of cool. I get to do like an all on four case soon. Hopefully, um, the patient will accept, but so it's pretty much anything. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, it is. How big is your office? Like how many dentists are working there? Um, it's just me and one other dentist. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you their first associate or did they have someone before you? No, they had someone before me. Um, and what's kind of nice is like, it's an all female office. That is nice. Um, yeah. And like, there's, there's no drama, which is amazing. Um, it's so great. So for anyone who's out there, who's like wondering if it's possible, it definitely is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's just us and it's great. It feels like a little family, which is nice. That is really nice. And mm-hmm. One of my last questions that I wanted to talk about is your work-life balance. So how do you spread your time throughout the week with clinical things for the practice, your personal life and hobbies and everything? Um, I, so my second job out, I worked five days a week, like, you know, like Monday through Friday, five days a week. I was the only dentist. I was, you know, like doing everything and my owners, I worked for private practice. My owners weren't involved at all. Um, it was super toxic. I just got really burnt out. So from, from, I just, I feel like I get like emotionally invested into all my cases, like into all my patients. Um, and so I kind of realized that at least for right now, maybe until I can build up, um, like an emotional callus. Like I still always want to be like invested into my patients and treat them like they're my family. Um, but sometimes I feel like I'm like too much into it. (laughs) Um, I just realized I just, I think four days a week for me is good. And then, um, so when I came to Florida, as I was like getting my license transferred and studying Florida's, uh, written exam is, pretty actually hard. Um, so while I was studying for that, I got a job at orange theory because I was paying for orange theory. And I thought, well, I don't have a job. So if I work here, I, it'll give me something to do. I can meet people and, you know, it'll take away a bill. Um, but, and actually the office that I work at now is like shares a wall with the same orange theory, which is so crazy. But, um, so I of working at that orange theory. And then even after I got my dental job, I stayed on. So now one day a week, I like work front desk at orange theory, <laughs> uh, which I love. It's such like a nice break. I feel like, um, it's so nice. And again, it still is like, I get to talk to people and I get to socialize, but I don't have like that 
pressure like, you know, like there's not a lot of, it's not all on me, you know, there, I have a manager, I have a boss there. So it's nice to be able to have like a little mental break and do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I try to set boundaries. I think that was like my biggest thing was yeah. like setting boundaries is like, I'm always available for emergencies, but, um, within like after, after 5 PM, like I'm, I'm out, <laughs> I'm out. Like if it's, if it can wait, if it's not an emergency, I would just, you know, I would appreciate being like not contacted until the next day at work, <laughs> which isn't like mm-hmm. against anyone. It just is like, I, I get so like worked up about things, you know, whether like good or bad, whatever, um, that if I can't fix it, or if I feel like my day is like dragging on, um, it just gets to be a lot. So I think like setting healthy boundaries, like making sure that you're taking time for yourself. Um, even if like, I, you know, I still truly don't have like a day off during the week, but, um, it still feels nice to like, kind of get away like I said, so, um, definitely, definitely set some boundaries for yourself. Cause it's really easy to, to not, and to get kind of caught up in everything. That's good advice. That's definitely something I am trying to do, like even as a dental student so that hopefully I can carry like good habits into work eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so smart. Um, I, that was not that person in dental school. <laughs> I was like, uh, you know, seven days a week you know, grinding all the time. Yeah. Um, and it just carried over until like my work life. And I just realized it's just not sustainable for me. You know, I think maybe other people are just different. Um, but I just know for me personally, I thrive on like setting boundaries now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I don't think, I don't think I'm like a bad person and I don't think I'm like a bad dentist for doing that, which it took a while. I felt really guilty. Um, but I just don't know. Cause I just, you know, now I'm like more calm at work, <laughs> you yes. know, cause I'm like, I've had time to like digress. Yes. I think it possibly even makes you a better dentist because you're more excited, alert, happy to be there. You bring a better energy because you're not burnt out. So I think it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I will, <laughs> I'll, I'll keep that in mind. It's not just me. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Um, we were talking about dental school and like kind of trying to make the most of your experience. And I know there's mm-hmm. so many resources out there nowadays that dentists and students can learn from. Do you have anything that you recommend to students? Um, like to students as far as um, like while, while, while I'm in dental school, like while I was in dental school. Yeah. Or anything. I mean, if you like something that you use now, whether it's like a podcast or groups or pages that you follow, anything like that. Yeah. I mean, I try to follow like informational groups on like on Instagram. Um, and I, I don't know. I feel, I feel like I'm not like a great person for this. I think eventually when I start doing like more CE courses, mm-hmm. which I, you know, I'm looking into like the Koi ones, like the yeah. um, K-O-I-S, like those ones um, look great. Um, so I think once I like start doing those more, but I, 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 
I feel like I'm a really bad person for this because I just, I mean, I literally set those like boundaries so hard because I got so burnt out. Um, yeah, that work that is work I need to, now. I need to come back from it now. You know, it's like, okay, like too mm-hmm. much, too much break from, from, from <laughs> dentistry. Um, no, I get that. But yeah, I think just following informational accounts, but like, I am never afraid. Like if I have a question, I will always look up on like the NIH. Like I always am like reading articles about like, okay, like what's like, what do, what does research say about this? Like, I think I utilize that, like those things more um, than anything. I mean, like daily. Yeah. Um, I'm on, I'm on like, I'm reading research articles. Yeah. I mean, it's good to have those direct sources that are vetted and accurate. Yeah. And especially like, I think when you start to get out into working, you're like, oh my gosh, like what's the success rate of this versus this, you know, like, is there a big difference? Like, am I wasting time, money? Like, what am I doing? Um, so I think just like doing your research about it can actually help you be like a better clinician as well. Because if you're good, if you're looking up success rates of different procedures, it can just, help save the time of like those post-op appointments, those re-evaluation, those emergency visits of, you know, like something happening, which are inevitable, like whether you do everything correctly or not, you know, like that's, it's going to happen. But um, I think just being like armed with knowledge is so useful um, and, and having all of that education at your fingertips is, is great. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And do you have any, we kind of already talked about lots of advice for students, but do you have any final advice for people listening that you want to end with? Yeah. I mean, listen, I didn't have like a very traditional experience. Um, Even like in dental school, I felt like, again, like clinically everything was great, you know, like now, like looking back, but Um, just like overall, just like, don't give up. Um, and don't compare yourself to other people, which is so hard to do, but you just can't. I mean, yeah, I think that's like my biggest advice. That's what I wish someone would have told me is that, you know, don't give up if you're a pre-dent and you're applying to dental school and you haven't gotten in um, don't give up, like do your research about like what schools match, like the scores that you have, um, and apply to those and reach out to them, let them know, Hey, I'm interested. I called USC two years, two weeks before they called me. And I said, when's your orientation start? And they're like, you didn't get an email. And I was like, well, no, I haven't been accepted, but I'm going to call them that day. <laughs> um, and ask if anyone didn't show up, cause then I'll show up. And then they called me two weeks later. They're like, yeah, we want you to come. So I just, I think like not giving up, not letting the people beat you down, keep trying um, is, is the best and have fun. I mean, like this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity. You have the rest of your life to work. Um, try to like enjoy yourself a little bit, like take time for you as well. So yeah, that's my, that's my advice. <laughs> It was really good advice. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. What is Anytime. the best way for people to contact you if they have questions like your Instagram or is there something else? 
Yeah. So people can always reach out to me on Instagram. Um, my handle is doctor spelled out period. And then Brie with two eyes. So B R I I. Um, and I think that is the best way. And if there's anything, you know, that maybe requires a little bit more explanation, I don't mind, you know, like giving my email out at that time, but, um, I think just messaging me on there, um, which I've already had people do, which is great. And I hope that they would say that I reply right away, (laughs) but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I was an ambassador at USC, so I feel like I I'm used to, and I enjoy helping people, um, and helping them make a decision, even if it's, you know, telling them things that I didn't love about USC, you know, I think it's a huge investment time and money. Um, so I'm always very honest. Again, I loved my experience at USC, but it just may not be for everyone. So I don't mind helping people out with that. Yeah. Thank you for that. And I'll make sure that you're tagged on the Instagram post the day this goes up and I'll have your um, Instagram handle linked in the episode notes and everything. So people should be able to find you if they want to ask questions. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. No problem. It was my quote unquote day off. (laughs) 